Good morning. Let's open in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together today, that we may learn more about you, that we can learn how you work in each of our lives differently. We can learn the truth of what your, what your word means and learn a little bit more each day and become closer and closer to the way you would have us be. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we want to thank everyone that's visiting today. Today, Jim will be bringing us his message, our message again today. So we uh, want to thank him for that. Frank, Carolyn, good to see you back. Hope you enjoyed your vacation. Let's worship our Lord. Good morning, everybody. You know, I did an estate sale a couple weeks ago, and I had probably 500 people through the door. But it's interesting, of all the 498 really nice people, there were two that stuck out in my mind because their rudeness in dealing with what I was selling caused me to get a little ruffled around the feathers. <clears throat> An attitude of gratitude. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Thankfulness isn't our usual response when something goes wrong. We have a hundred things that, for which we could be grateful and thankful for, but let one thing happen or two bad people, and that's all we think about. <laughs> but the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. No matter what happens, we are to give thanks. Cultivate a spirit of thanksgiving in your life. Thank God for every blessing that he gives you. Even when things go wrong, thank him for they aren't worse and that you are still in his hands. Having an attitude of thankfulness in our life circumstances will help us react as old Matthew Henry did when he was mugged. He wrote in his diary, let me be thankful first because I was never robbed before. Second, although they took my purse, they didn't take my life. Third, because they took all I had, it was not that much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. I wonder if I could be that thankful. The hope for today, if we have eyes that would recognize God's gift, we should see that the blessings far outweigh the burdens. Take time and write down every gift today holds from sunset, or excuse me, from sunrise to sunset.
will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. this morning to you O Lord I lift up my soul O my God I trust in you let me not be ashamed let not my enemies triumph over me indeed let no one who waits on you be ashamed let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause show me your ways O Lord teach me your paths lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. <clears throat> Remember, O Lord, your tender, your tender mercies and your loving kindnesses. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. He humble, he guides injustice. And the humble, he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant 
and his testimonies. If you would stand with me, we can recite the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Chapter, excuse me, chapter 1, verses 17 through 27. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who create our, created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He cho chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be righteous but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. We have a responsive reading. You are the peace of all things calm. 
You are the place to hide from harm. You are the light that shines in dark. You are the heart's eternal spark. You are the door that opens wide. You are the stranger at the door. You are the calling of the poor. You are my Lord and with me still. You are the light, the truth, the way. You are my Savior this very day. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we know all belongs to you. We know everything comes from you. So, Lord, but you call on us to give back, to share with others. As the reading says, to help the, the widows and the orphans and those who don't know you. So, Lord, we ask that the gifts that we give given today, that they be used to further your kingdom, to do your will, and may guide us so that we are doing it wisely and in the way that you, that you have taught. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Wayne. Good morning, everyone. What a blessing to be here again, the first day of the week on a Sunday morning. Man, it feels good to be here, doesn't it? So I don't know if you guys do this every week, reading the Lord's Prayer. Is that something you guys do? That is so cool. And I remember last week, you know, we recited it again. Uh, Robert led us in reciting it again. And it struck me, uh, there's no personal pronouns in that Lord's Prayer, right? It's our Father, you know, let us, you know, grant us our daily bread, lead us. Not, and so we're all in this together. And so I was just thinking when we read it all together, and I'm sure we know it by heart and we've read it through all the time, we're all included together as children of our Heavenly Father. So the Lord laid upon my heart this week. I was just thinking about it. I don't know, as you read through the Word of God, I try to read through the Word of God every, every year, you know, but I also like to study it. And sometimes when I read through, it's good to read it, but, you know, I might miss something. And, and this morning I want to I wanna share with you, and, and the title of my message is The Disciples' Prayer out of Matthew chapter 6, because, you know, the disciples were asking Jesus many times, teach us how to pray. And, of course, in this manner... He said prayer. So open up your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 26. And I want to slow down a little bit as we recite the Lord's Prayer. We'll talk about that. I don't know if you've ever uh, filmed your kids, you know, do a video. Uh, the grandkids visited us about a year and a half ago over there in Scotland. Uh, my grandkids live in Bristol, England. I have two that live in Munich, Germany. Well, we put up a trampoline in the backyard, you know, because this is what you do grandparents you want to have fun with your grandkids so they all came together in the backyard you know grandpa come and 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 shoot a video with us doing all of our tricks you know and I'm watching them doing they're doing flips and and back flips and they're up there doing superman like this and going down coming up and grandpa do it in slow-mo I'm like what is slow-mo and they get down here grandpa when you do that just hit the button for slow-mo right and so we watched it again after I had recorded them. It was so funny. The expressions on their face, they would come up and like all do all weird faces. And we were just having the greatest time. Well, I want to do a slow-mo of the disciples' prayer this morning. You know, that we would just take a little time because prayer is personal, isn't it? You know, we can all recite it together and we're in it together, but I really want us to digest what Jesus said to his disciples there in Matthew uh, chapter 6 there. Jim Cimbala said this about prayer. And by the way, I love praying with you guys on a Sunday morning at church. I just, that is so beautiful. You know, we lift up the new ones. And of course, you guys pray on Thursdays, is it? And you go through every single name. 
That is so powerful. We know that prayer changes things, right? Prayer changes lives. It changes destinies. Jim Symbolist said this, I don't want any of us to suffer the tragedy of a life summed up by these words from Scripture, you do not have because you do not ask of God. James 4.12. I don't want to go through my life missing the things that I need from God because I don't talk to Him very much. You know, prayer is how we communicate with the Lord. We have faith that God hears us, and he will answer us according to his will. Amen? God can provide all the needs that we have. Billy Graham said this, prayer is for every moment of our lives, not just for times of suffering or joy. He says prayer is really a place. I love this. It's really a place, a place where you meet God in genuine conversation. How's your prayer life? Man, sometimes it's good just to take a walk in this beautiful Sonoran desert of ours and just spend some time with the Lord or go into our closet, a private time where we can just get away and, and talk with God. And sometimes people, unbelievers, they don't understand. Does God really talk to you? I'm like, yeah, you should open up the Bible and just start reading it and pray. And you talk to God and you let God speak to you through his word. He will speak to you through a situation, right? Even the Holy Spirit will speak to your spirit and just lead you and guide you and encourage you, convict you sometimes. That's okay. But this ongoing conversation that we must have with the Lord. So as we look at, and as we've already recited it, Jesus said in this manner, therefore pray. This is a pattern or a model to me, of, of, of how to pray. It's not a, a repetition or a substitute for prayer. It's great that we can say those very words, and as we're saying it, we're praying it, we get that, those exact words. But prayer is to be personal and is to be meaningful, isn't it? And in these verses, we notice the manner in which we should pray has two parts, right? The first part, verses 9 and 10, it's for God's glory, and verses 11 through 13, the second part is for our good. For God's glory first, and then for our needs and protection and provision. We also notice that this prayer speaks of the present. Give us this day our daily bread. It also speaks of the past. Forgive us of our debts. And also the future. Do not lead us into temptation. And so, would you pray with me as we would just... Have a slow-mo and look into this manner of how to pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for getting us here this morning. Lord, no matter what kind of week we've had, Lord, it is such a blessing to be together here with one another, to worship you and to praise you, knowing that you meet us as we gather here together. And so, Lord, would you speak to us now and, and show us things, Lord. Show us what it means to be more meaningful and maybe more personal with you as we talk with you, Lord. Speak to us now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing is the person and the priority of prayer. Uh, of prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It begins with our Father. We are a part of God's worldwide family, aren't we? Sons and daughters of the king, but we call him father. Now, I, I love how Jesus said, our father. He's all of our father. Hopefully you grew up in a home where you had a loving father, you know, and we have a little bit of idea of what it means for someone in authority that loves us and cares for us and provides for us and protects us. And Jesus said, pray in this manner, our father. When we pray, we're praying as children of God. We have a father-child relationship with, with God. It speaks of a personal relationship. God is father to those who have come into his family through faith in Jesus Christ. John 1, verse 12, but as many as received him, speaking about Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Are you a child of God and believe in his name? Then we are his sons and daughters. We're brothers and sisters. I love that. You know, when God loves us as his child, there's no fear in coming to God as our heavenly father, right? 
No fear. Yeah, we have that healthy fear of respecting him and honor him, honoring him. But God loves his kids. And he wants to provide for us, protect us, forgive us, and be with us as a father would. Even when we mess up. Now, I don't know what kind of father you had when you were growing up, but I was a little fearful of my father. Oh, man, I messed up. My dad is going to kill me. You ever remember that? Thinking that? Don't come to God that way. We don't have to come to the Lord that way. You know, when we mess up, and we do, here, here's the thought. Oh, I messed up today. I need to go talk with Dad. See, we can come through prayer and just go, man, Father, I, I, I blew it, you know? But knowing that God loves us, even in the midst of the things that we mess up. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? There you go. I love it. Just like a loving father. Pastor Jim Jackson said this, prayer is a deliberate, purposeful soul conversation with the God who loves his children. I'm like, yes. Thank you, God. We even call him Abba Father, right? Abba, me and Daddy. Very personal, very personal. Hallowed be your name. What does that word hallowed mean? It simply means to make holy or to consecrate, to sanctify and set apart from all others. Hallowed be your name. God's name, his character, and his being, who he is, is to be reverenced and honored and set apart like no other, even more than our earthly fathers. God is first, and he has priority above all. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. First we come to the Lord as our loving Father. It reminds me, it's a, it's a prayer of worship too, unto God, when we come to him in this way, isn't it? as we recognize who we're praying to and we worship him, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. You see the humility that has taken place even as we come before God. First and foremost, Psalm 29 two: Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Do we really recognize and think about and just have a slow motion of, of the splendor and the majesty of our Father in heaven? In heaven, overseeing everything, the whole universe, our lives, personally looking at each one of us as a father would personally care for each one of his children. God is that way to us. And then what do you say to God after we worship him? Two things, your kingdom come and your will be done. Your kingdom come. What is God's kingdom? It's that spiritual reign and rule in a particular realm, in heaven and on earth, we're praying. All of it. Kingdom does not primarily speak to a geographical area or a territory, but to sovereignty and dominion. Complete rule, complete reign. It's God's sphere of influence controlling those who are in it. Luke 17 20 and 21, once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, remember what Jesus said there? He said, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is what? Within you. That rule and reign that every person chooses to say, I want you to be in control of my life, Father. The kingdom of God is a reality, is willing to give his kingdom to all who are willing to be subject to it, right? To be in covenant with him through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Luke 12, 32, do not be afraid, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Are you in the kingdom this morning? I love it. He's ruling and reigning, and we're allowing him. When you give your life to the Lord, you're like, yeah, take my life and let it be. You control everything about my life. I just want to serve you and love you because you first love me. <laughs> we're in God's kingdom when we give our lives to him and just submit to his rule in our lives. And one day we'll literally be in the kingdom with him. Secondly, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're to pray for God's purpose. His desires would be done in our own personal lives. Yes, we pray for the world and, and all the things that going into it, but we, we personalize it now. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And we pray for his will to be done on the earth. Is his will being done on the earth? Ultimately, yes, but in his permissive will, no, there's not a lot happening that he wants to happen. But you and I are in control of our own lives, right? Have we submitted to the absolute rule and reign? God, you take control of my life. I have some thoughts and I have some really good ideas, Lord. And sometimes we step out thinking, you know, this is your will, Lord, and I'm just going to go do this thing when God says, probably chuckling, no, no, stop, Jim. I want you to come over here. You know, this is my will for you here. And so we're to pray with that. His purpose, his desires will be done. That we agree with, ask for, and cooperate with his plan for our lives. We're praying that God's will becomes our own will. God is not bent on our will, is it? No, we need to be bent towards his. I like what E. Stanley Jones said one time, and I, I wrote this down. I've had it for like seven years. He says, prayer is surrender. Surrender to the will of God and cooperation with that will. If I throw out a boat hook from the boat and catch hold of the shore and I pull, do I pull the shore to me or do I pull myself to the shore? See, he says, prayer is not pulling God to my will, but the aligning of my will to the will of God. I thought, man, that's a good example. And as we pray God's will be done, understand that we have the responsibility to do it as much as we can. It lies upon us. So what's God's simple will for the earth? Well, the answer is found in John 6, 38 and 40. I like this. Jesus said, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to the will of him who sent me. So we need to have that attitude of Jesus, right? And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up on that last day. I'm like, yeah, I want to be in the will of God. I want to be right in it. God's desire for his creation, you and I, all of us that believe, is just that he would be with us forever and ever. I love that. Everyone would have eternal life through Jesus Christ. It's available if they will submit to his rule and reign. So first we pray for God's glory, his name, his kingdom, and his will. And then we pray for provision. Look at verses 11 through 13. 11, give us this day our daily bread. Praying for provision. You know, we know what it's like to be in need. You've got to ask for provision sometimes when you run out of stuff. Whether it be health or finances or a good attitude. You run out of it and all of a sudden you find yourself with a bad one. I need help. I need provision, Lord. I need your presence so much. But this is really talking about physical needs right here. Physical needs are the necessity of life. Food, water, clothes, health, and a home. And so we're dependent upon God, aren't we? As our provider. And we are to ask him to supply. Notice this daily. We don't read, oh, give us this week our daily bread. Go give us this month. It's not that. It's daily. Why? Because God wants us to come to him daily. Do you come to God every day? I hope so. I love how Lori and I start our day before we even get out of bed. Well, I must admit, we do get coffee, you know, we take the coffee and we just start our day in prayer. We pray together. We, pr we pray for you guys today. <laughs> pray for all kinds of things, you know, and I just love that. It's so important to start out praying, right? Even all the needs that we have. You never know what a day holds, by the way. See, prayer makes us prepared for whatever's going to handle on that day, I believe. Yeah, it's daily. God wants us to, to be with him daily and depend upon him daily. Praying together as God's family, one for another. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us all singular pronouns. Next, the pardon of prayer. Man, how we need to be pardoned from things. We realize that we are in need of forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In the parallel passage, Luke uses the word sins. Here it's debts, Matthew writes down. 
But in Luke, it clearly indicating the references to sin. It's not to a financial debt there. It's to sin. Then I was thinking, how are we in debt to God? Well, it's because of sin, isn't it? Why is sin called a debt here? Why does Matthew use the word debt? Well, a debt arises upon a non-payment of something, right? You don't pay your bills, man. You, you, you're, you're owing it. You signed a contract, and you need to pay off that debt if you have one. We owe God as our Father exact obedience. But I can't live up to it. I don't know about you, but I just can't. I'm trying the best that I can, but, you know, I'm, it's a battle sometimes. But God demands perfect obedience. And if we're not living in obedience to him, we're not paying him the respect, doing the things that are, are due him, and so we find ourselves in debt. And in the case of non-payment, the debtor will go to prison. So by our sin, we become guilty and we're exposed to God's judgment. And this is man's biggest problem, isn't it? And a note here, I don't have anything to pay my debt with God with. I can't be good enough. I can't be rich enough, right? I can't even be godly enough to pay for my sin. And so I'm in debt to God. And just like a father would and forgive a debt, God has done that for us through our faith in Jesus Christ. And just a reminder of how awful sin is and, and, and what it does to our relationship between God. I want to quote John MacArthur here. He had a phenomenal way of defining sin here. He says, sin is that which separates man from God and is therefore man's greatest enemy and greatest problem. Amen? Sin dominates the mind and the heart of every single person. It has contaminated every human being, and it is the degenerative power that makes man susceptible to disease and illness and every conceivable form of evil and unhappiness, temporal and eternal. He says the ultimate effects of sin are death and damnation. And the present effects are misery, dissatisfaction, and guilt. Sin is the common denominator of every crime and every theft, lie, murder, immorality, sickness, pain, and sorrow of mankind. It is also the moral and the spiritual disease for which man has no cure. And we know that sin separates us. Romans 6.23 for the wages of, what? Sin is death. But, what? The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Wow. So all who trust in Jesus Christ have received God's pardon for sin, and we are saved from eternal hell. Ooh, it feels good to be forgiven, doesn't it? Wow. This allows us to praise and worship and say, God, you rule my life. It's only a reaction to what God has given us through his love and his grace and his mercy. The second part of this verse, as we forgive our debtors. Oh, so forgive us, but as we forgive our debtors. Hmm, it's a little contingent upon something I read here. We are praying as we forgive others. God forgives us, so we are to forgive others as well. It's easy to ask for forgiveness, right? Oh, I blew that. God, would you, would you forgive me? Man, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to do that. It's a lot harder to give it. Especially as we are offended and think about the things that people have done to us. It's hard. But God wants us to forgive. And let me remind you, it's a sin not to. To forgive others is a requirement. Look at verses 14 and 15, right at the end of what Matthew records Jesus said here. Verse 14, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Wow. We need to really look at that and make sure there's no unforgiveness, right? Think about right now. Is there anything or anyone in your life that you need to give them forgiveness for? Because it'll eat you up. It'll make you angry and it'll be bitter if you don't. And God has forgiven us so much. Jesus said, as you forgive your debtors. Wow.
Don't let unforgiveness rob you of your prayers. That's what I wrote down to myself. Don't let unforgiveness rob you of your prayers. Verse 13, praying for our protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. And we're to pray to our Father in heaven that he would not lead us into temptation. The word temptation is a neutral word. Really doesn't mean good or bad in the Greek here. So to experience temptation is not bad. It's simply a testing or a trial in regards to something. But in this context, we ask specifically for deliverance from the evil one who does tempt us to do evil. You've been tempted lately? You've been tempted to think about watch something, read something that you know God would not want you to be a part of. Oh, the battle of, of sin that so easily entangles us. We know what it's like. It's not a sin to be tempted. It becomes sin when you give into that temptation and you partake of it. And so I love this prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The devil has many schemes, by the way. And he would love to disqualify us or ruin our reputation or our witness as a Christian. Mm. Charles Spurgeon said, Satan's principal aim with believers is to bring their desires and their temptations together to get their souls into a dry and a seared state and then to strike a match and make them burn. I thought, man, oh, how we need to pray for this. So we must ask God to not allow us to be led into or to reach that point of entering in and partaking of the evil thing that we may be tempted to do. Anything that's contrary to, to God's word included. And so we pray for help in achieving victory over sin and protection from the attacks of the devil. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves to God. Right? What's the rest of it? Resist the devil and he will... Flee. That's a promise of Scripture right there. Oh, that we would be resisting that temptation to do something we shouldn't do. And finally, the, the praise of our prayers. I love this doxology or this benediction. I mean, isn't this great? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory for how long? Forever. Isn't that cool? I, I love saying that with you as we read it earlier, by the way. It just... Woo! God is worthy of our praise. For yours is the kingdom, the sovereign right of all things that are or ever were created, right? And the glory or the power, the executive and the mighty power whereby God governs all things. And the glory forever, the praise due from every creature that he has created, right? I love it and his wonderful works which endures through all ages, even forever and ever. Amen? Amen? So in closing, we are taught to seek the things of God first and foremost. He has the priority. Recognizing his holiness, then we come to our own wants and our needs, asking nothing more to be sufficient for today, trusting and knowing him to supply our, our every need. I love how Jesus has given us a model or a, a pattern as we've slowed down and kind of take a look at this instead of just reading through it. I don't ever want to pray in vain. I always wanted it to be meaningful and, and purposeful to the Lord. There should be simplicity and a, a directness as we talk to God. And this reminded me of that. And then that God is a father, our father together, right? Oh, I love that. Who forgives and delivers from the guilt and the power of sin and that he is all-powerful to deliver us from the, the evil one himself. And that his kingdom is where we want to be as we glory in his rule over our lives, both now and forever. And so what a mighty God we serve. And so may we have many wonderful conversations with God this week. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for just a look into your word. Slow down a little bit on, on this prayer that you had given the disciples. And so, Father, thank you for the truth of these words. Your words are powerful and true. And, Father, may we apply this model of prayer to our lives each and every day that we might 
trust in you and live for you and, and glorify in you, Lord. And so we ask this in Jesus' name we pray. We all say, amen. Good stuff. God bless. for the message, for the message that where your son taught us the right way to pray, how we should come to you every day, how we should not look at others as different than ourselves, how we need, need you every day. We need to confess our sins and come to you in time of need and praise you in time of praise. Lord, we thank you for this message, and may it hit our hearts and be part of our daily activities. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God be with us till we meet again.
peace.